This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. As you've been hearing on the news, the BC Civil Liberties Association says the Canadian Security Intelligence Service spied on protesters, on environmentalists who were opposed to the Enbridge Northern Gateway Pipeline and then shared information with the National Energy Board as well as petroleum companies. Thousands of pages, pages have now been released. Those pages, many of them have been heavily redacted. Uh, let's bring in Megan McDermott, staff McDermott, staff counsel at the BC Civil Liberties Association. Megan, thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us today. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a lot to go through. I know, uh, staff counsel, you've been able to see a lot more and people are just starting to digest and go through these thousands of documents. Uh, what is the main takeaway from this as far as the actions of CSIS? Uh, the main takeaway for us is that, um, that CSIS, the Canadian spy agency, um, actually has been monitoring um, environmental groups and Indigenous groups that have been opposed to big developments in Canada, um, that they've been perceived as a threat to the security of Canada, despite the fact that um, in the CSIS Act itself, the statute that governs the agency, um, peaceful protest and dissent um, is excluded from the definition of uh, threats to security of Canada. So uh, we think that these documents um, back us up in our allegation that the spy agency CSIS actually broke the law when they were monitoring um, these groups, these peaceful groups, um, and then in sharing information about their monitoring with petroleum um, companies. And so is there any possibility, because the documents are so redacted, is it possible that there is more information out there in what led CSIS to do this that we don't have yet? Yeah, certainly. Um, It's unclear exactly um, how CSIS operates and from who the directives came from. Um, to monitor these groups, to infiltrate these groups, to collect information about them. Um, It could be just, um, you know, CSIS bureaucrats themselves and how they're interpreting threats to the security of Canada. Um, There's also the potential that there have been directions um, from higher places, like maybe even ministers. Um, At the time that this was going on, there was quite a climate of fear. Um, around environmentalists and the threats they pose to uh, Canadian development projects. Um, So that's been one of the um, suspicions um, about, you know, the cabinet ministers themselves um, wanting to to keep tabs. But again, there's nothing in these papers that conclusively um, point to who actually ordered this, um, or if it's just a matter of doing business for CSIS, and if they continue to do these kind of activities to this day. And it's been quite a lengthy process to get to this point, to to where you have the papers, the papers have been released. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that, about what even alerted uh, BC Civil Liberties to go down this path to find this information, or, or, or that they knew this information was out there to be found? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it goes back 
gosh, even over five years, I think, um, there was an access to information request made um, by the observer, um, the newspaper, um, and they got their hands on some documents which suggested that um, some environmentalist groups um, that their meetings had been infiltrated uh, by the RCMP and by CSIS. Um, that these peaceful community groups and activists were being spied on. So um, when we saw that in the Observer paper, we reached out to the other groups involved, um, and we led a complaint against CSIS. And so the very first thing that you have to do if you have an allegation that CSIS is not operating within its legal mandate, um, there's something called the... Uh, Security Intelligence Review Committee, which its acronym is CERC, um, they're the oversight body for CSIS. So we filed a complaint with them alleging that, um, one, CSIS was monitoring environmentalists um, illegally and then illegally sharing this information with the National Energy Board and with the petroleum industry companies. So Pursuant, so uh, after that, there was uh, a number of secret hearings that happened. So CERC held meetings, or sorry, hearings to figure out what on earth CSIS was doing. This happened in 2015. Um, and the evidence that was provided at those hearings um, are secret. Um, and the witnesses who appeared um, are still under gag orders, and they will be um, forever unless we convince the court that they should be lifted. Um, so even my colleague to this day can't discuss what he said at those hearings or what he heard at those hearings. But um, at the end of that complaint procedure, the oversight body ruled that while CSIS had done some things that would chill um, people who wanted to use their right to protest that they actually acted within their mandate. Now, we disagree with that finding, and this is why we have basically appealed that decision. We've asked for it to be reviewed by the Federal Court of Canada. So now that it's gotten to the Federal Court, um, they're now um, trying their best to use open court principles, and that is why, um, as Coming out of that process, we've now gotten our hands on this evidence. So these are over 8,000 pages. Um, they're documents from CSIS, um, and they were used in those hearings from a few years ago, but we didn't have access to them then. We have access to them now. They're heavily redacted, but um, there is some information in them. Again, it's hard to get the entire context about what they're talking about. Um, we're going to be fighting onwards in federal court to have them completely unredacted because it's difficult for us to um, continue this fight without knowing exactly what the evidence is against our argument. Um, we also think that if, if in fact CSIS wasn't doing anything beyond its mandate, then they should have nothing to hide and they should be more than happy to share these documents in their entirety with everybody in Canada so that that public trust um, between us and our government and its spy agencies can be enhanced. Um, but from what we're seeing from them, um, we still have reasons to suspect that they did operate outside their mandate, that they were spying on peaceful community groups and individuals, 
And it's unfortunate that um, we've had to challenge them now for five years even to get to this point. Um, but those are the documents that we're sharing today, those 8,000 and something pages of heavily censored documents. Um, they're searchable though, they're online, they're on our website. So we invite everybody to search themselves um, and to see what we can glean from how CSIS operates based on these documents. Uh, is it possible then when you talk about, because what really seems to be at the crux is did CSIS operate outside of its mandate? Did it break the law? If mm-hmm. anywhere in there, and again, it's difficult, like you said, because of the redactions, but if anywhere in there, there was even one threat made by one of these groups, would that be enough for CSIS to justify the spying? Well, that's an excellent question. Um, I doubt that in in this context that they found any threat. Um, but let's say hypothetically that like one single threat was made. Um, it would be totally fact specific as to um, how realistic that threat was and how big it was, um, and whether or not the response by CSIS was proportionate to whatever threat was made. Um, Again, these groups that we're working with, um, Lead Now, um, Dogwood Initiative, Standot Earth, they're completely peaceful groups. Um, and I can't imagine that any threat was made within their meetings. Um, maybe somebody affiliated with them has could have made a threat at some point, but I don't think that's grounds then for our spy agencies to be monitoring and infiltrating these um, groups that are just exercising their right to protest. Right. And and do we know what what CSIS would have to gain by sharing this information with the petroleum companies and with others? Uh, I think that it's just, uh, basically your guess is as good as mine. A lot of people are making, um, they're arriving at their own conclusions about it. Um, what's concerning about it is that there seems to be, from the outside at least, there seems to be collusion um, between state spy agencies and the oil and gas industry. Uh, of course, I realize that the economy of Canada is very important. Um, however, not, na- not necessarily a national security issue. Um, and whether or not we build particular infrastructure or not, um, and people's feelings about that, I can't really see how that rises to some kind of threshold of threat to national security, unless, of course, there was uh, a very real threat of something um, violent occurring um, to interfere with these development projects. But um, we're just talking about the level of, you know, groups meeting in a church basement to talk about um, how they could best protest a pipeline that they don't like. And these are like grandmothers and kids and, you know, just your average person um, getting together and they don't want a pipeline in their backyard. And and we do have a peaceful right to protest here in Canada. Um, The act that governs CSIS itself says that that it defines threats to security of Canada in a way that uh, expressly excludes any type of protest um, or activities that are that uh, communicate dissent towards the government. So um, political speech, which this is, is extremely important. It's the most protected um, grounds of speech under our Section 2 rights to freedom of expression in Canada. Um, So it's it's just extremely concerning that so many of these documents 
um, are referencing these groups that, again, have a peaceful mandate, are citizen-led, just part of civil society that makes us a strong democratic country. Mm. Um, and we think that these kind of activities um, really discourage people from participating in, in the public sphere and having a public dialogue about what their government is doing. All right. Uh, Megan, we'll leave it there. Uh, I've taken uh, more of your time than I, than I anticipated, but I really do appreciate you coming on the show uh, and explaining this uh, and talking about it. Thank you so much uh, for your time today. Okay, it's a pleasure. Take care, Jill. All right. Megan McDermott, uh, Staff Counsel at the BC Civil Liberties Association.